a weekly podcast talking about high school and college sports right here in Central Illinois. I'll discuss what I saw in the past week, what's coming up on Channel 1450, and what we're looking forward to. Episode 26 of Season 3. That means we are halfway home in the third straight season. Every year has 52 weeks. This is 26 for the podcast this year. Let's get to it. What I saw in the past week, last Thursday night, got to see the New Berlin Pretzels handle business against the Williamsville Bullets. A great game between two heavyweights in the Sagamo Conference. The Pretzels get it done and advance to the county tournament title game, where they would lose to Auburn on Friday night. On Friday, I flew out of the country to warmer weather and nice sandy beaches came back late Monday evening. So a big shout out to Leanna and Michael for handling business and bringing you a ton of local sports content while I was away. On Tuesday night, I was in Riverton for the girls Sagamon County Tournament semifinals. Pleasant Plains gets a good game from Athens, but the Cardinals are the cream of the crop in the county. Nothing new there for TJ Frazee and company. In the nightcap, a great game between Auburn and Williamsville. The Bullets get it done thanks to Shar Gleason. So, Waynesville will get another shot at Pleasant Plains on Thursday night in Riverton for the county title. On Wednesday night, we got the 2024 city tournament started with the ladies. Springfield High and Southeast battled in game one. A great game. The Senators get it done against a tough Marissa Gant-led Spartan squad. In the nightcap, the Cyclones run away from Lamphere for the running clock win. That leads us to what's coming up on Channel 1450. All of your city coverage will be on Channel 1450 from Wednesday through Saturday evening. Everything you need all in one place from highlights to city cheer to palms to drum lines to interviews and plenty more. Thursday night, boys, get started. SHG plays Southeast and Lanfear plays Springfield. Also Thursday night, like I said, Pleasant Plains versus Williamsville in Riverton for the girls Sagamon County title. On Friday night, it's a four game slate at the city tournament starting at 4 p.m. with Southeast against the Lanphier girls. Then it's SHG versus Springfield High Boys. At 7.15 or thereabouts, it'll be SHG girls against Southeast girls. And in the nightcap on Friday, it's Lanphier against Sacred Heart Griffin Boys. We will also have highlights on Friday of Williamsville versus Riverton Boys and Lincoln at U-High Boys. On Saturday, we will have Lincoln versus Peoria Notre Dame girls basketball at Bradley, as well as the full city slate on Saturday, City gets started at 3 p.m. with Southeast against Lanphier Girls, followed by SHG versus Springfield High Boys. At 6.30 p.m. on Saturday, it'll be the SHG Girls against the Springfield High Girls. And the nightcap and final game of the 2024 City Tournament is Lanphier versus Southeast Boys Saturday night. Make sure you get down there to see that. Looking ahead to next week, Boys City Swim is on Tuesday night. We will also have Springfield High at Lincoln Girls Basketball and Lanphier at Glenwood Boys Basketball. Keep an eye on Riverton at Auburn Boys Basketball on Tuesday and Pleasant Plains at New Berlin Boys Basketball on Tuesday. On Wednesday night next week, it is SHG at Glenwood Girls Basketball and Springfield High at Rochester Boys Basketball. All right, that's what's coming up on Channel 1450. Let's get to this week's guest. I am joined by Glenwood graduate Josh Jones to talk about a special soccer experience he got and possibly will have in his future. All right, I'd like to welcome in Josh Jones this week. It's a, it's a very cold week, but I want to talk some soccer. I want to talk about everything that you've gone through. Um, so first of all, let's just you know check in. How are you starting the new year and, and what's been going on? Yeah, I mean, it's a new year. A lot of crazy stuff happening for me and like, will the pieces fall into place? Um, it's kind of a up and down journey, you know, a roller coaster as, as my dad calls it. But just yeah. figuring out what, what my next step is and what I'm doing you know, in a month is, right. is the biggest thing. <laughs> That's crazy. We'll get into all that. Uh, I, I just want to start with giving people a little bit of background if they don't know who you are. Um, from Chatham, you went to Glenwood High School, and 
You were the goalkeeper for the team that finished second in state. Yeah. What do we remember from that that whole senior season for you and just kind of how special that was? Let's start there. Yeah, kind of like that was a wild ride. Two things. Uh, the sectional, like we won at home, and then I went to kick footballs. Like literally I took a picture and then sprinted and <laughs> changed uniforms. And then, yeah, the, the championship game we lost. That kind of sucked. But, you know, it was 60-mile-an-hour wins. It was just it was a weird game. But yeah, um, Obviously a very special team for you guys. Um, and for Chatham, you know, as a whole, the boys' side, I mean, getting it done when the girls' team has had a ton of success. So going into that season, you, I mean, did you know that the goalkeeper spot was yours? Because, I mean, in the last five years, he's he's been okay with, you know, playing two or three different guys. What was that situation like as you, you know, became the starter for that team? Yeah, I mean, you know, junior year, we kind of split time, and then kind of at the end of the year, like when we, we only made it to the regional championship and in conference play, like I kind of took over and started there but we we split time at the start of the senior year um a few games but like I kind of you know it, it the job was always up in the air but you know I, I I thought I I could confidently take it and hopefully but you know we had we had another goalkeeper and Jack and he was I mean he went on to play in college and he's yeah. he's playing right now and I think he had a decent season so it was it was definitely a challenge um just knowing, like, if the job was mine or, or kind of what the deal was. Yeah. Looking back on it now, um, what is it like to say that you were the starting goalie in a state championship soccer game? Yeah, I mean, it was pretty cool. Like, my, my perspective on everything has changed, though. Yeah. You know, um, and, and kind of, like, the level of soccer and stuff. And that was that was a really cool experience, um, and I thought it was great um, as far as that goes. All right, you've played a lot of soccer games in your life. Have you Not ever really. Played, have you ever played it in worse weather than that, though? No, no. I, I trained in I, I've trained in like colder weather, uh-huh. but you you can't play soccer when it's sixty mile an hour winds. It was it was terrible and I, I don't know how we had the game. Like it was quite frankly it wasn't soccer with the wind and no. just you you couldn't even set the ball down to, to play. It just rolled back. Yeah, it just rolled and that's I don't know how we played in that, but yeah. Yeah. Um all right, well you just kinda mentioned it, but you know, when did your soccer journey start? Yeah, so like in kindergarten, my parents put me in like little Pee Wee YMCA soccer, and that was that was really cool. Um, and, and then like there was a travel team, and we we probably played three years of that, I think. And, and my dad and I talked about this the other night, but we we kind of got ran off. You know, they told me I wasn't good enough. So probably fourth or fifth grade, I think, mm-hmm. um, they kind of ran me off, and I I quit soccer until probably high school. Um, and I came into high school freshman year and was pretty bad um and went through that and you know freshman so why did you go for the team let's start there why did you kind of go out for the team if if you if you you know had stepped away from it for a while what made you want to still play why not why not you know i said i was going to try everything and, yeah and you know give give soccer another shot and uh you know tommy johnson was our coach at the time yeah. and coach frankie was our our assistant and just really went through a few summer stuff and, and really like had a good time and it was it was a quality experience um, you know my freshman year even though I, I wasn't very good okay for those who are just listening and don't know who you are um, you're all of what six seven now probably six 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 give you six, like a okay. true six five okay. I, in soccer cleats six seven that's fair right maybe I don't know I, I don't yeah. like to lie so <laughs> no, I know. yeah so like on the roster like six 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 seven okay. but that's Six five. Okay, like so a, a proper six five. When did the growth spurt happen for you? Because yeah, it wasn't so it wasn't before fourth grade, like you said, when you kind of got run off. 
But was it before you got into high school? No, absolutely not. Yeah. Like, I honestly, I probably got bullied a little, like, freshman, sophomore year, and then, like, went away for COVID and was, like, locked in my house, and that was awful. And I hit the weight room a little, like, I was still scrawny, uh-huh. but, I, like, I shot up, and I was, like, 6'3". When I came back, and everyone was like, holy crap. And yeah. I was like, yeah. And then grew grew a few more inches, and... You know, so I was I was a late bloomer, and and things changed. But I was got yeah. to get in that Lincoln Land weight room a little bit more than most would have been. Yeah, yeah. So no, Lincoln Land weight room's great, and then we we had like a bench press and stuff in our uh, yeah. our basement, and that was I used that like all the time. So, um, a multi sport athlete in high school, uh, you played basketball. You were all conference basketball player, pretty pretty successful. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Um, so when did you start in high school trying to make the decision on? Which one you want to pursue after high school? I didn't really make the decision until, like, December. So, you know, the, the plan was kind of always play basketball. And I, I, I'm leaving high school, I was probably a better basketball player. Like, I, I was, wasn't really, like, a talented player, but, like, my dad's a basketball coach. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew the game. I, like, I didn't score great, but I could do other things. And, like, in the college game, that's, that's perfect. Yeah. Um, not so much valued in the high school game, but, like, that, that's basketball. Um, so probably December of my senior year, um, basketball kind of—I kind of had a not so great experience at basketball my, my junior and senior year, um, and it got soured on me. And I was just like, "All right, well, let's let's do the soccer thing." Right. And never played club, like didn't do any of that, and just, just said we're gonna play soccer. Sent out like I think my my dad sent out four hundred emails, and I probably sent out like six hundred maybe. Wow. Yeah. Got a few takes and went to. Went to Southern Indiana. Okay, let's go a little bit insider. Uh, between me and you, um, I had the opportunity to try to help you out by making a video yeah. of, you know, kind of showcasing your your goalie skills because, I mean, let's be honest, when we show up to the Glenwood games, most of those games you maybe touch the ball once. Yeah, that if, was, we're being honest. That like, was terrible. That's how good your team was, but that's also, you know, it's great for you, but at the same time not good for trying to show college cases what you can yeah. do. Um, so... What all went into that process of, you know, what did you send out to coaches? What was that process like for, you know, maybe kids who have no idea what, what that is? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I kind of had no clue what I was doing. Um, so I was just throwing stuff at the wall. And the highlight video you made me was, was pretty good. Um, but I, I made, like, a highlight tape of my, my saves in uh-huh. games and then that training film. Yeah. Um, you know, and looking back on it, like, I the stuff I put out there, like, it wasn't good goalkeeping, but it was the best I had at the time. Right. And, you know, you're going to have to realize that, like, the game from high school changes so much from the game in college. You know, and what makes you good in high school doesn't make you good in college. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, picking crosses out of the air, just like the fundamentals that we showed on the, the training video, is important to have, but you're also going to have to understand, like, you need to work on, like, your feet, distribution, stuff like that when you, when you play and try and go to the next level. Um, one step backward as we go into that conversation of you know your different skills, um, I think it's fair to say that you on the basketball court were very aggressive and like you said in terms of what you brought to the table for your team, um, I don't know I I remember it was either you or your dad compared yourself to Rodman where I was like I don't if I get twenty two rebounds and don't score a point that's fine with me like if that's what I need to do for my team to win like you were that type of kid and I think. That there's a, I think there's a correlation that I can make that's fair, but also as a goalkeeper, you have to be a little crazy as a goalkeeper. Yeah. And so Dennis Rodman, a little crazy. Um, you know, I, I think that while there's not many correlations between soccer and basketball, I think that you have to have 
a certain mindset as a goalkeeper that um, maybe you were able to take some of those skills and bring that into the soccer game? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You look at, like, Matt Turner, who's, you know, the U.S. national team goalkeeper in the Nottingham Forest is number one right now. You know, he, he had a shocker against Man, Man United, but he got the job done. But he, he kind of, like, didn't start soccer until he was 14 years old, kind of like me, um, and he was going to play basketball. And, like, goalkeeping has a lot to do with, like, basketball. Like, you know, picking a cross out of the air, that's kind of the same as, you know, you read the ball mm-hmm. and, like, coming off a, a rebound and, you know, catching a rebound. Yeah. Okay, so you're sending tape out to these coaches um what do, what do you say to them to get them to you know even return your email or return a phone call to say hey can we have a conversation or is there any spot on your roster yeah i could probably pull it up but it was basically like hey my name's josh jones you know i'm a six foot five you know 205 pound goalkeeper from chatham illinois you know i, I um like i, I here's my soccer resume yeah. and then here's my highlight below my phone number is this and my email is this please get back to me and, like, to be honest, you're not going to get any responses. Like, I sent out hundreds of emails, mm-hmm. probably got 20 responses, yeah. 15 of which were from programs that were not good at all, yeah. um, and then the other five were lucky, you know? Yeah. And you have to understand, like, if you're in that situation, like, you're going to have to take a risk, um, and you're probably not going to get a lot of money. I mean, a fully funded soccer program gets, like, 9.9 scholarships, and I would say, or Division One, yeah, yeah. and the majority of Division Ones are not fully funded. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, either like Missouri Valley, most of those schools are fully funded, and then Power Five. Yeah. So you're not you're not going to get a lot of money, and you have to understand that like scholarships are, are few and far between in soccer. Um, like we did mention, your dad is the women's basketball coach at Lincolnland. Um, obviously, not a Division One level where he has scholarships like that to offer. Yeah. Um, but what conversations did you have with him? What insight could he share with you in terms of just, you know, starting that line of communication with coaches? Because I'm sure he gets hundreds of emails as well saying, hey, do you have any spots? Can I come play? Can I come try out? Whatever. Yeah. Be bold. I mean, that, that was kind of like his biggest, his, or biggest advice. Like when you have a phone call with the coach or you got you have an email chain or a text thread, like just be bold and like be honest. You know, like, I'm going to be the hardest working player you have. Like, stuff like that, cliche stuff, will really, like, help you with coaches. Yeah. Um, okay, so what? how did the conversation go with um, Southern Indiana, the one that you ended up choosing? Oh, they called me, like, late one January night. Um, and it was basically like, hey, we'd like to get you in on a visit. You know, I got a, a scholarship from there. And I was just like, this is probably my best option or what I thought was my best option at the time. So I was just like, yeah, we kind of have to roll with it and yeah. see what happens. Um, when that happens and you get that call, um, how much do you look into the program, look into their record, look into their roster and say, hey, how good are they? Are we going to be terrible? Am I going to get a shot to play? Like, what? How much research do you do before you, you know, make the visit? Yeah, so literally, like, I have a notebook at home. Like, every major decision or, like, something big that comes up in my life, I write down notes. Um, when deciding a school, like, we've got a whiteboard down in the basement and my dad writes his workouts on and stuff, and we, like, listed the schools we were going to choose, like, literally everything. Um, and, I mean, looking at records is important, but, like, my biggest piece of advice is, like, look at a training session, you know, watch them practice, watch how their coach carries himself, um, and that can tell a lot. And, you know, like, where I went, I, I 
kind of flew blind. I didn't know a lot about the game of soccer at the time. Um, but just like look for the small stuff, right? Like I went on a visit to one place for basketball and like I was sold on this place. Mm -hmm. I ended up not choosing basketball, but he picked up a piece of trash and put it in a garbage can. Yeah. Like little stuff like that I feel like is important. Right, absolutely. And something that you may not consciously notice at the time, but then going back like you said, a coach might see that or an assistant might see that. And you never you just never know. Yeah. Um Okay, so I think if I'm not mistaken, you got the opportunity to play um, some more soccer before you went to Southern Indiana, correct? Yeah, so um, in, in town there was two teams at the time, the USL2 team, which is you know really quality, and the UPSL team with Frank. Um, so Springfield FC is UPSL, mm -hmm. and Springfield ASC is USL2. Like Those are both very quality leagues that, quite frankly, like taught me how to play a more proper style of soccer where you move the ball, you play with your feet, like real soccer, what I would say is you see at the college and the professional yeah. game and help me transition a little bit better. How much does that kind of open your eyes to, oh, man, there's so much I don't know about soccer that I thought, hey, you know, I finished second in state. I thought I was pretty good at this, you know? Yeah, I mean, so much. Like, <laughs> I mean, my biggest piece of advice, like if you're if you're trying to be a soccer player and a high school soccer player and you're, you're a junior or senior in high school, reach out to Frank at Springfield FC and say, I want to practice with your team or I want to play with your team. Mm -hmm. And he would be more than happy to like let players train with them or whatever. And like, I can't tell you how much better I got at just seeing the game by playing with him um, and, and Anthony at Springfield ASC. Um, how much different do you get to see the game as a goalkeeper, where you see the whole field compared to, you know, the other ten positions on the field? Yeah, I I literally see everything. So, I mean, the entire game besides when the ball's kind of in our finishing third. I see everything. So as a goalkeeper, you have to communicate um, and call things out. And I'm, I'm not very good at that, and I need to do better. But, I mean, it, it's your job to kind of not be like a quarterback, but, you know, tell people where to go and kind of where, where the defense or offense is. Um, okay, so moving along in the timeline, you get the opportunity to play with them. Um, what, what's next? What, happens ne what happened next for you? In this, in this journey of eventually what we'll get to that you've been to for the last month or so. Yeah, so our coach at Springfield ASC, um, his name was Elliot Dickman, and he, he had been an academy coach at Sunderland, where is where I went on a professional trial at, and then Newcastle. He left Newcastle, came here, and now he's at another club as their interim head coach um, and has stuff to do with the academy. But he was like, we think this could like take you places, like, you're young, you need a lot of development, but like if we get you in the right hands, we think you could be pretty good. So he gets me set up over at Sunderland, and then we literally just got back um, from a pro trial, which was insane. So it's, it's EFL Championship, so it's the second tier team um, in, in the UK, mm -hmm. and they, they bounced up and down the Premier League and stuff, and like it was it was legit. Yeah. I mean, it was world-class players, like dudes that play on the English national team, Dudes that, that make a few million pounds a year, as they call them. Yeah. And, I mean, it was, it was big time. Um, so before you did that, did you finish your first semester at Southern Indiana, and did you play with the team or anything like that, or no? Yeah, so I, I played in a few preseason matches, and the situation is not what I it was sold to me to be. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my dad and I are never fans of the transfer portal, but, like, we, we got here and we were like, we know a lot more, and this was not the best idea. Yeah. So I entered the transfer portal, um, and I, I redshirted, so I didn't burn eligibility. So mm -hmm. I have four years of eligibility left. Yeah. 
um, and I can I can go to a college and hopefully I'll find one or hopefully I'll find a, a club to play with. Now your dad obviously played basketball, but um, in a completely different world when it comes to college athletics. I think that's fair to say. Where yeah, I mean, you look at what's happening now to what's happening, uh, what happened with him, and like he obviously had some success and was able to play um, at a high level. Um, so. I mean, just to be frank, how, how frustrating is it right now for you, like, to say, hey, this isn't exactly what I thought, and so now, you know, like you said, you got to burn a red shirt to make sure that you're eligible. Like, that's got to be a little bit of, like, man. Yeah, I mean, it's it's difficult. Yeah. Like, it, it was very frustrating with, with what went on in the program. We, we won two games, and I was... It's very disappointing, but you know you you have to trust the process. And he kind of went through it. So he he actually played at three colleges. Mm-hmm. So he went to a Division three after high school because he didn't have many looks, um, and that was not what it was sold to him. So he transferred to a JUCO, played what a year or two years at a JUCO, and then transferred to Western Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, so he gets it, um, and you know, I think this is what the transfer portal was designed to right. like to do. I don't think it's made for kids to like jump up and down levels. I think it's made for kids to get out of bad situations. Yeah, and clearly that was unfortunately yeah. for you. Um, okay, so on a more positive note, then when when does it kind of get set up where you're like, okay, I'm actually going to make this trip and do that? Like, it had to be a lot of different processes and a lot of you know, like you said, going through the pros and cons of, man, this is this is like big time. Like, is this something that I really want to go try and do? Yeah, I mean, we we had two meetings. Um, with with the coach and the first one was like he threw the idea out there and my dad was like this dude's crazy yeah and the second time like he was like i reached out they're going to send you a text today or tomorrow and like they sent me the text and i was like is this real like yeah, i mean what, right. what's going on so we we get the dates ironed out and you know we had to talk with compliance at the college so there's certain rules and regulations on what they can and can't pay for how much they can pay for um, and we, we kind of got that ironed out, and if you can play in matches and stuff like that. So we get that all ironed out. You know, our flights come to us, our hotel comes to us, and we're like, is this real? All right. So yeah. we hop on the plane, we get there, we get an Uber, we go to the hotel, and we're like, it's real. Mm-hmm. And, like, we, we just couldn't believe that, like, it actually happened. Um, and then we got to train, and that was like, okay, it happened. Like, this right. is insane. Um scary at all when you first put on those cleats and walk out on that field like hey am i am i am i ready for this so the first i i was never nervous like it just you just breathe and like are you that type of person that doesn't get nervous before games or i i control it so junior year i got really nervous before games but then like now now i just turn on some like funky like 70s disco music okay that's cool i'm kind of an idiot about it but like it 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 calms hey like i said goalies are different so yeah like it calms me down you shouldn't get too pumped before a game and i like luckily the first session there was like a day after we got off the plane they're like just to work the jet lag off and we had like a real light session right and that was i felt like that was beneficial it's just me and a keeper coach and we just kind of did some handling and was was able to kind of just get in the environment. And then the next day, you know, we, we trained with the actual team, and that was... What type of facility? Oh, fantastic. So it's completely different, though. So, like, in the U.K., they have academies, so it's literally, like, six-year-olds to the first team, right? <laughs> All in one facility. Wow. So it's, it's this massive facility. They've got, a, you know, a cafeteria that we ate in every day, and amazing food i think they said the chef there was like so like kind of compared to a college campus you would say where like there's 
not just a field. There's different buildings and like. There's, so there's it's it's all under one roof, and then there's different fields for for the teams. They've mm-hmm. got an indoor turf field, which is a tad bit smaller, an outdoor field with lights. Um, they they've got probably six seven pitches. First team pitch has I mean an individual field. Uh, room for the goalkeepers to train and then another field one of those fields is has like heated coils underneath so if it does snow yeah. or the ground doesn't freeze over and they can still train um, and they literally have everything I mean they've got a full-length pool uh, two hydrotherapy like bigger pools um, a hot tub what a treatment room for the u21s u18s and then first team and then they have locker rooms for I mean every team essentially yeah. But it's cool to see how they do it. So they basically the idea is progression, right? Mm-hmm. So you get your, your younger kid locker room, which is just like a building, just a square room, center block walls, like painted red. Yeah. Um, and then the U18s have like chairs, you know, like hooks to hang your stuff on, and then showers and a bathroom. The U21s, which reserve team, which is the team I trained with, had actual like lockers, sink in the middle, like very nice, nice showers, yeah. good treatment room, and then the the first team had like a lounge, pool table, you know, snack bar with coffee machines, yeah. you know, water machines, um, and then like really high quality locker rooms and like a state of the art training room. Yeah. Um, okay, so like you said, the first day you're kind of just training with the goalkeeper coach. Um, what was that routine like? What did you have to do and um, is there like other people sitting there watching? Like, is it, how how does that kind of work out? Yeah. So the first day, like it was it was the day after New Year's Day, so they had played New Year's Day, so everybody had it off, besides like me and then the goalkeeping and the guy that was kind of like in charge of like taking me around. So he watched, and then I I basically went through like a light workout, just handling, catching, catching stuff in the ball or, or with a ball, and then footwork, just passing mm-hmm. back and forth, kind of getting my legs under me stuff like that yeah um how long did it take you to kind of get over that jet lag get acclimated do you feel like you were ready to go that second day or yeah so like i felt like i was ready to go but i went to bed really early so it gets right dark out. yeah so it gets dark at like three o'clock there yeah um so i would like go to bed at like six that day mm-hmm. we like ate and then went to bed and we woke up at like 4 a.m yeah and it was it was just all messed up and then finally you know Everything got shifted, and we were. I was able to go about things like normally. Yeah. Um, okay. So that second day, like you said, you're training with with the team. What? How many people are there, and what all goes into that? Like, what time do you start? What What do you do for the rest of the day? Yeah. So you know, it, it wake up probably seven o'clock. Um, shower. You know, get my stuff ready. Eight eight thirty eight forty five. They pick me up. We'd eat breakfast um, in in the cafeteria with the team. We have a team meeting, so it'd either be a goalkeeping meeting or like the U21 team meeting, and then we would kind of just chill there. We'd go out for training. The goalkeepers would start out separately and just get warmed up, and then we would end up merging with the team um, to do some like passing or go into like a small-sided game. Then we'd go in, eat lunch, and then we'd have like physical therapy or like you know something like that, you know weights, something of that nature, yeah. and then we'd go home. So Basically, like soccer is your job. Yeah, and cool it, that it was feel? great. <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. Like going over there, I'm like, I I want to be good enough where I can do that. Every yeah, day. yeah. And then you see it happen, and you're like, man, if this is possible, like how cool would that be? Yeah, and it, uh, I mean, it, I think it definitely is possible, and like it's closer. Like I'm this far, uh-huh. but I'm also 
that close to having nothing. Yeah. You know, like kind of being in that middle where I have nothing right now in reality, but like I'm this close to having, you know, what my wildest dreams are. Or just having the opportunity. Like this is obviously the first step. And so you have that opportunity, which has got to be super cool. But like you said, there's so many things that could go wrong that like it's got to be a little bit like okay i gotta make sure i take care of everything possible on my end to make sure that that happens. yeah i mean that like that's the biggest stress is like right now like between do i want to transition to finding a club or you know playing in college and there's so many rules and stuff you have to follow and then like the reality of the situation right like i mean i, I went over to the uk and trained with like a second tier club that trained with the first team a day like just absolutely incredible experience and like it feels like I have everything, but then you take a step back and, like, I have nothing. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, you know, taking online classes at Lincoln Land, don't have a team right now, like, trying to figure out what I'm going to do this spring, trying to find out what I'm going to do this summer, and trying to find out what I'm going to do in the fall. And, like, it, it, it's a very difficult process, and, like, it's, it's straining on, like, my dad. You know, he's, right now he's, like, hyper-questioning everything, and yeah. it's, like, right now I feel like it's over the top, but, like, at the same time it, it needs to be done because it's, it's a very serious like situation. Yeah. Um, okay. So we talked about day two. How many days did this go through, and what else did you get to experience while you were over there? I was there from what December thirty first to January tenth or eleventh. Okay. Um, so I did this probably for eight nine days. I mean, we we had a few off days in there, but eight nine days mm-hmm. where I lived like a professional athlete, and it was yeah. it was fun. Um, did you get a chance to go see things like on those off days or did you do any of that or not really? Yeah, so we spent one day and we went we went to Newcastle and that was that was really cool, you know, like we were in Sutherland which is kind of, you know, the Decatur. Like no no hate on Decatur, but it's like the Decatur of England, right? I mean very very blue collar, um, which I loved. I love the fact it was blue collar, but like it just probably wasn't the best spot to be in if you're going to go to England as a tourist but then we went to Newcastle which is like the party city it's like the Las Vegas of the UK Mm -hmm. Um, and we go there and that was that was like a really cool experience and like just seeing everything how everything's like in rows and like what you would imagine a European city to be like it was just like Newcastle a little bit different from Chatham, Illinois yeah it it was (laughs) insane but the thing is so like we went to Sunderland which is like classified as a big town there's like 150,000 people um and then Newcastle has like 300 400,000 people and like it felt massive but like in reality it's it's not Chicago you know it's yeah. it's not a massive city right um which which was kind of weird to me you know that but also in that whole country like everything is so much closer together than it is here like you're yeah. not having to drive three hours to get to Chicago oh like, every just, everything was so small like just the doors at the <laughs> hotel like I can't tell you the number of times you my dad and I, six, nine, huh? <laughs> we smacked our head on the door and like, you know, so like when you go in like a bathroom, we visited, you know, we visited a friend over there and like we went in a bathroom and like I couldn't stand up straight in the bathroom. So I'm like going to the bathroom hunched over and like it was, it was so awkward and everybody thinks you're like a giant. Like I'm six, five, like that's tall, but like in America, like it's not uncommon. You yeah. see a six, five person, you're like, oh, that's tall. They're like, it's a giant. Like, we hung out with, you know, Elliot Dickman, who we saw over there, and, like, his kids, like, saw me, and they're like, stand up. And I was like, <laughs> they're like, it's a giant. I'm like, not really. Yeah. That's got to be a cool feeling, though. Yeah. To get that sort of yeah, I mean, attention. It, sort of it was really cool, but it was just, like, odd. You know, everything's just a lot smaller. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, people take for granted in America, like, 
how big and how much space there is, and like not everywhere has that. Yeah. Um, okay, so you're there for what do you say, almost two weeks. Um, what's the process like as you come back? Like, what do they tell you as you leave? Like, what's what's next, so to speak? Yeah. So I'm I'm in a really weird situation. So basically, they they told me like they think I'm good enough, you know, um, and and kind of figuring that out. But the biggest issue is I would be an academy player, which you know. I agree with, um, but you have to get a visa, right? And the FA, so the Football Association, is kind of like your visa sponsor, your work sponsor, but they have rules like how you get a visa and go over there. So the issue with me is I don't, like, qualify to, like, quote, advance the game is, like, the language they use. So I would either use, like, a wild card waiver, which they have five, and that's generally reserved for the first team. Um, so it's it's more of a club matter mm-hmm. and, like, out of the hands of the people I've worked with. Yeah. Or I could work on getting those FA visa points, but you, you have to play in professional leagues as well um, to get those visa points. So hopefully in the next, what, week or two weeks, the club will make a decision either, you know, they're willing to use the wild card or they won't use the wild card. Yeah. Um, because that's probably used for everyone international, not just you know the academy, right? Like, yeah, there's a chance for you know them, them to get a kid from Tokyo or uh, Africa. Like, yeah. that's used for that too, right? Yeah, and it, it's weird. So, like, probably five years ago or, or a few years back, like they could literally sign anybody. Yeah. Um, and, and they signed like twelve year olds and stuff that ended up being great players from like America. Um, but like now they can't. There's human trafficking rules. Um, you know, like they want to keep the game local, yeah, which is yeah, which is great that they want to keep the game local. Uh-huh. But it's just you know, it, it sucks for someone like me who wants to get over there. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's put it best case scenario. They say, hey, we want you to come over. We're going to give you that. Um, what would be the next step? Like you, like you said, you're you'd be training with the U21, yeah, and then. Is that like a situation where, like you said, you're trying to advance? How long does that process take, or is there a thing where, okay, once I get to 21 and I'm not getting called up, then I'm not, then I'm done? Like what? Yeah. So I mean, kind of what would happen? Like it's an academy, so the U21s, their job is to progress you as a soccer player. So what would probably happen with me is I would train day to day, and then they would put me on loan um, to play like men's football or in the lower leagues of football, which is actually pretty good, like soccer. Um, and they would put me there, and I would go out on loan. I'd train with the team, and then at night or whenever the games were, I would, I would play with other teams and basically be, like, a professional, like, bouncing around, <laughs> getting, like, traded and stuff yeah. like that. Um, and then, you know, hopefully something would happen. And if not, I'd, I'd come home. But it, And is that a chance where you get paid a little bit by the team, or do you have to pay, you know, yeah. basically your own? So basically, like, if you sign a contract with them, they hold your rights. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you're an academy player. So they've had um, their starting goalkeeper, Patterson. So he joined the academy when he was, like, real young. They cut him when he was 18 and then 21, I think. Or they, they cut him twice. Um, but basically, he's this number one there now. And if they were to sell him, somebody would buy him for probably 10 million-plus pounds. And that's kind of how they make money or turn a profit yeah. um, is they sell your rights. Um, and they can sell that to anybody in yeah like any yeah. league right like yeah so they they own your rights yeah yeah if you came through the academy um, now I, I'm not sure like if you didn't come through the academy and how right. that stuff works yeah. but they they have your rights um, and then like for me uh, I think they would hold my rights so 
if I were to sign with them, the club would pay me, but they would hold my rights so they could loan me out and clubs would pay them for me to play for them. And is that still that you would still be on a work visa? Like technically you still have to like yeah. get that? Yeah. Okay. So the only way I would be able to go over there um, not on a work visa would be as if I did like an international academy okay. and played for like a college there. Or I wouldn't play for the actual college, but I would be at college over there yeah. and then play for huh. like a smaller academy. But the issue there is I couldn't play in the higher leagues. Yeah. And I would have to go in like probably seventh tier. Six, How often does that happen? Like, have you looked at colleges over there? Is that yeah, we really it, too, like, So it's not like colleges. It's called like international academies. Okay. Um, and those are, you know, pricey and financially. Mm -hmm. But if you're good enough, you can get like a discount there, like a scholarship, I guess you could call it. Um, but we've looked into it. it. It's not our first option, but it's definitely an option. If I I go to college, I'd like to go to college in America. Mm -hmm. But I also know that like with with the visa points and stuff, and getting a work permit over there, um, that that the international academy could help me out in that aspect of it. What is the situation with NCA eligibility versus? playing over there like do you lose eligibility if you go play if you go do this for two years or so if I do the international academy I can maintain my eligibility if I which I'm probably not going to do the international academy if I go professionally I lose the eligibility yeah. I'm, I'm professional um, and then like I could depending on like what I'd taken for the trial we were very cautious of this what I like benefits I took from the club yeah. like how much they paid for I could have lost eligibility yeah. for that but we crossed our T's and dotted our like, that's just insane yeah I mean the NCAA, think about what the NCA is and what they allow and don't allow it's like this yeah is it's the dumbest thing. it's broken especially like in the sport of soccer I think America needs to change like drastically on how we approach soccer like academies MLS next you know like you know clubs locally like I think there could be you know a big step up there and like more of like the UK system to develop the game you right. know and I think the the MLS kind of hurts American soccer as a whole um, even though like we need it's it grab. Yeah. we need it I, I think all soccer in America yeah. is a money grab yeah. you know? That's well, that's what college, or that's what professional sports is. It's all about the money. It's not yeah, about it, developing the game. Well, that's <laughs> the thing about in the UK, like it's about developing the yeah. game. You know, I, I think you could. Merge and we wonder the, why we can't win the World Cup. You know. But yeah, <laughs> you 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 can you can easily merge both, but it's it's the people at the top are really greedy, mm -hmm. um, and then the people at the grassroots level, even like locally, are greedy as well. Yeah. You know, I I think there's much better ways. Um, and there's a few academies that are like fully funded that aren't part of the MLS Academy system. Yeah. Um, I think it's like USL Academy. Yeah. There's a few of them, but that's that's very good, but you not very common. Um, okay, so like you said, you're kind of just waiting for. Did they give you a deadline of when they'll let you know, or not really? No, not yeah. really. It's kind of scary. I, then, I huh? talked. Yeah, I talked with the guy today. Um, he sent me some like training film and stuff that that we did, um, and now we're. It's the waiting game, right? And it's out of his control too, right? Um, you know, he he's not like involved with the first team. He's more academy, and it's it's more of a, a club thing instead of a, an academy thing. Yeah. So I'm sure there was like multiple people watching you and have this that input. Um, what would you say is your general feeling on how you performed and, and what you put in terms of your potential versus what you felt like you did over there? Yeah, I, I felt like I could have played a lot better. You know, and, and done a things a lot better, a lot of things a lot better, but 
you know, like at the end of the day, like the people I worked with, um, the goalkeeping coaches, like they liked me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think adapting to that style, if I get in that environment for, you know, three months, yeah. I think I'd completely 100%. change my game. Yeah. yeah. And like you said, I think, and I could be completely wrong here, but like you said, when they originally, like, you know, say, hey, we, we want to see what we can do with you, um, a lot of it is like, you know, we see a lot of potential. Like, we see what we could make you into. Yeah. Like, obviously, I think you're very good, but like you said, the game is so different that, like, the the way you're built and the way that you, you know, move and do things, like, they could make you into one of the best goalkeepers in the world, and that's obviously what they think that they could see in you, right? I don't know about best goalkeepers <laughs> in the world. <laughs> well, let's just shoot high. Here. Yeah, we'll shoot mean, high, but... I'm not going to... Yeah, I mean, just, like, movement and, and, you know, how you play with your feet, body shape. Like, there's so much more than what like just stopping the ball like that's the goal is to stop the ball but how you stop the ball and how you play and like the techniques to do that is is so important and it's just it's not taught in america you know i came from a very fortunate situation where we had a great goalkeeping coach at glenwood but like the knowledge the guys over in the uk have is just next level yeah um okay so let's say there's a scenario where they say hey you know we don't think that we're going to do this Thank you for coming. Like, we appreciate yeah. it. Um, what would be your next step then? Are you looking into, are you communicating with colleges to try to get another opportunity, like, on a back burner type thing? Or Yeah, so, honestly, it's not a back burner. Like, you know, always plan for the worst. Right. You know, hope for the best, plan for the worst. I think that's the saying. Yeah, I mean, I didn't mean to phrase it that way. Like, I don't yeah. want you to say, like, think that, like, no, no. oh, you failed. Sorry, sorry, you got to go play no, college soccer. Like, like, that's awesome, too. Yeah, but, like, that's not, like, like that's probably what's going to happen like 90 percent chance that's what's happening so right now um the biggest decision is do i want to find like a lower level club in america Mm -hmm. um you know like usl1 or do i want to pursue the college thing right and you know right now we're reaching out to both and you know we've we've got a few leads um on on both college and usl1 and and nisa i think it's called and like it's it's very like you know it's good, but it's also not set in stone, right? So we're deciding and then also sending out, blasting out emails, sending out letters, just yeah. stuff like that, trying to, to hope that we can get something, a more concrete situation. Now that you've gone through this experience and, you know, got those 12 days and all this stuff, um, do you think it would, do you, do you think that it would be better for you to go the route of getting into a league versus just playing like NCAA Division One soccer and like that's it? Like, yeah. Is, or is there an option for both? So where where I'm at, like I'm probably not gonna go Power Five. Yeah. Um, you know, potentially I could. Like, there's been a few leads, but like, I think my situation would be better to get into a lower league, develop that style of mm-hmm. soccer, and then you know work my way up that way. Yeah. Um, but then at the same time, do you see the uh, scary aspect of, oh, if I go to a lower level or not a level, like you said, a power five, then I'm not going to develop the way I feel like I could at a place where they, they're putting all the resources into me versus yeah. the other way around. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it it depends where you go. You know, I mean, it's, it's hit or miss. Like if you go to, you know, uh, a mid-major or low-major division one in soccer you could get a really good situation or you could get a really bad situation yeah. especially in soccer because that's the sport it's hit or miss mm-hmm. um if you go into like a lower level club yes like you're probably going to get better development but the issue then becomes is that a stable situation yeah 
yeah. and you you kind of have to weigh it and I really have no clue what I'm doing there yet because I haven't experienced it and I don't know a lot of people that have experienced that just yet um, so like you said you, you were taking classes at Lincoln Land is there a deadline that you need to get to this spring or is it kind of this is more looking at the, the start of the fall next year yeah, so, I mean, for, for Lincoln Land, like, I'm just trying to, to fill my credit hours. So if I do go to college, um, you know, I'll have the, enough credits to be eligible and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and we're just hanging in there. Yeah. Um, so kind of scary, but at the same time kind of exciting. Like, yeah, there's there's all these irons in the fire, but we don't know which one's going to. Yeah, really, really freaky because I have nothing right now, but I have a lot of stuff that could be. Yeah. Um, I don't, we can cut this out because I don't know the answer. I just figured I'd ask. Um you know, the opportunity that Kelby Phillips had from Spring for High, now he's playing in Australia. Mm -hmm. Is there any conversations that you've had with him or anything like that where you guys can talk about different options or opportunities, or is that not something that you can No, I, I haven't spoken to him, and yeah. I, I probably should reach out, but, like, going to Australia and, and playing overseas, I'm not sure what, what league he's in, but yeah. that's, I mean, that's obviously a great experience, and I, I probably should ask him how he got <laughs> over there. Did he have an agent, yeah. you know, and, and stuff like that. Um I think I just want to, you know, quickly touch on this in this situation. Like, um, for us in the fall, like, we see a lot of good soccer around here. And in the spring, same with the girls. Like, we see a lot of really good soccer. And, you know, a lot of that is, you know, they're playing Scott Gallagher or whatever else. But um, I think it kind of speaks to, like you said, how big of a scale it is on the international level compared to here. Because, like, we see good soccer. Like, usually we're going to a state championship game with one team. Like, last year it was Rochester. The year before it was you. The um, Glenwood girls, obviously. And, all that situation but then at the same time like i said in the time that i've been here it's been you know kelby's the only one that's gone to play at a level where he's getting paid and then you get this opportunity like there's hundreds of now at this point probably thousands of soccer players that i've seen play and it's one or two so does that kind of speak to you know not necessarily how good the soccer is around here because i feel like the teams are good but at the same time the players internationally and you know in the country like it's really hard to be at that level yeah i mean a it is really hard to be at that level but i i think you know the system kind of bars um a lot of people in america from that you know um and just how you develop and i think development in america is very slow um just because you know in, in reality there's there's not a lot of like high level coaches you know you're not gonna get insane coaching like i said i was lucky enough to get great coaching or good coaching at glenwood compared to other people but like i mean i'm i worked with some of the best goalkeeping coaches in the world and like we went in on a sunday and i trained with like little kids yeah you know now i was getting completely different <laughs> stuff out of little kids yeah but like at the end of the day like the top coaches are working with little kids and like growing them as they're young so they can grow into something in america you just don't get that yeah. and i think to speak to that point you know we hit, we get division one players all the time whether it's chatham or um, whatever but like you know they go play division one and then they play four years and that's it like there's like you said there's not the development to get to the mls there's not those building blocks here in the in this country where um, I mean, maybe there's the talent here, but it, it, you don't get into those type of situations. Yeah, I think it speaks to, like, how youth sports is. Like, I, you know, my dad kind of sheltered me away from AU basketball. We didn't play club soccer, so to speak. Um, like, it's just, it's a money grab, right? Like, to, to get, like, not proper development, but, like, better development than what you see normally. Like, at Scott Gallagher, you have to pay... 
insane amounts of money. And, and honestly, like, why, like, if you're a kid, the last thing you want to do is have your kid drive an hour and a half, an hour down to St. Louis to play. Four like, how are you going to have friends if you're driving four nights a week, you know, an hour and 30 minutes? Yeah, like, you may be better at soccer. You know, you're not getting top-tier development, but you're getting good development. But, like, that's going to kill your social life. So, yeah. like... If you do become one of the 1% that goes on to play, you know, professionally or whatever it may be, what if you're not? You know, what if you're the 99% who just say, no, I don't want to play? Then, you know, socially, like, you're lacking. You know, you, you don't get the good high school experiences and stuff where the majority of the kids don't go on and you're, you kind of hurt yourself. You know, you miss out on a lot of experiences and you pay a ton of money, which is just insane. <laughs> Um, all right, last question. I've taken up plenty of your time, and I greatly appreciate it. But um, now that you've gone through what you've gone through, especially in the last year, um, what do you wish you could tell yourself when you're 14 and trying out for that that first soccer team? Just hang in there, man. Like literally, just just hang in there and just trust the process, so to speak. You know, be be a little bit unconventional because the best people in the world are unconventional, and just go about your business professionally. And, and you know whatever standard you hold yourself to is probably the outcome that you'll get so if you want to be you know a, a world-class athlete or, or whatever that's what I want to be like hold yourself to a higher standard and, and conduct yourself that way whether it's in the weight room um, the classroom which I'm not, I'm not world-class in the classroom um, or you know your training you know I'll pose this as a question but also play multiple sports yeah yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, just sports. A, they're social, but like, B, I mean, you you learn so much just off of like different sports, and like, at the end of the day, like when you're what fourteen going into high school and eighteen exiting high school, like, you're so young, like you you don't know, you don't know what you want to do. So like, play every sport and like have fun. That's that's the biggest thing. Like, if you're having fun and you're working hard, like that's the two things my dad said to me. Like, everything will work out. Yeah. If, You'll get what, not what you want, but like what you deserve. Awesome, man. Best of luck to you. Yeah. We'll be following along. Thank you for your time. I greatly appreciate it. Yeah, it was great. Huge thank you to Josh for his time and great conversation. Best of luck to him. Man, it would be really cool if he gets a chance to go over there and try his luck and and get a chance to play and, and see how far he can go. Best of luck to Josh, like I said, and thanks for joining me. That's a wrap on this week's podcast. I'll be back next week, another year older. Birthday's on Sunday. I'll see you next week.